Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the K-Pop Nerd Podcast, sponsored by Music Mind. This week, I think we're going to continue with our thematic discussions. Uh, our handful of listeners have responded positively to what we're doing, and uh, I think we've all enjoyed the discussion format as well. So, uh, Casey, Ploy, and Manhattan are back with us this week. Hi, guys. Hey. Hello. Hi. Uh, so this week I thought we'd speak a little more about the music festivals and concerts that we've been fortunate enough to attend in the past. Most recently, I think it was KCON for some of us. Um, yeah, I mean, let's let's talk a little bit about about our experiences at whether it be KCON New York, KCON LA. Man, I'm sorry, we'll get you out to a KCON at some point. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, Casey and Ploy, I know you guys had a pretty good time at KCON New York. Uh, yeah, no, I had a lot of fun. Um, it was actually my first um, K-pop event that I've actually ever been to. So it was really interesting. I wasn't really sure what to expect because I knew last year KCON New York was only one day. So it was a really good experience. Uh, I thought that we had a really, really good lineup, a lot of... Uh, groups that I was actually interested in seeing was there, and um, there's quite a bit of activity in terms of like the convention part, which I thought was really neat. But I always find these types of festivals really interesting, just because it makes K-pop a little bit more accessible for people who don't live in Korea. Granted, it doesn't happen um, all the time but it's always really nice to see popular acts being in this um, in the state side and then there is quite a bit of people who actually come and watch it so overall i enjoyed it it was a little hot but i mean that's <laughs> for you yeah it's fascinating to see the the types of crowds that kcon draws as well i think um for kcon la we saw a lot of families rolling through the convention floor. Oftentimes it was the moms who, I, I, you know, honestly, I can't really tell if it was just to try and help their kids feel more comfortable in such a high-energy environment, but it was the moms who were like, oh, let's take a photo at this booth, or let's, like, you know, let's get these stickers of these K-pop stars, and they were just so energetic. It was wonderful. For me, it was kind of an eye-opening experience. I think unlike L.A., all of the convention was outside, which made for interesting things, but KCON is interesting in that it's not just the U.S. that they go to. I think this year they went to France and somewhere in the Middle East. I'm try I can't remember. Dubai. Dubai. Um, That's the one. Yeah, so like it's really, really cool to see that they are going to all these different places where, you know, K-pop doesn't usually go to. Because um, you'll always see when artists have comebacks and whatnot. We, at least I know with 2PM I always see people saying like, oh, you know, come to Europe, like Europe loves you, um, or like South America loves you, things like that. So it's kind of interesting to see that um, there is an organization that's actively trying to bring these acts to all these different places um, that might not get to see their favorite artists in person, So, which is really, really cool. Casey, you've been so silent. Did you not enjoy KCON? No, no, I, I enjoyed KCON. It was very hot, though, just because the New York one was completely outside, and it was unusually warm that weekend. 
Um, I Wait, would... The, per the performances weren't outside, were they? No, no. Okay. Thankfully, they weren't. I went to the LA K-pop festival in 2014, and that was outside, but that wasn't bad. Well, the heat in LA tends to be okay, just because it's not very humid on the West Coast, which I love. Yeah, I'm kind of jealous of that. Yeah, I can deal with heat as long as it's not humid, but no, yeah, it's awful over here. As a bit of a personal update for our listeners, uh, I am currently in Seoul, where the humidity kind of balances out at around 60-65% every day. It's disgusting. I'm I sorry. Love it. <laughs> love it. That sounds Wonderful. like fun. <laughs> What's up? I said that sounds like fun. Oh, it's great. We're looking at like, you know, 95 with 60-65% humidity, so the second I step outside of my home, which is wonderfully air-conditioned, um, I'm just covered in this like thin film of sweat already. It's not even sweat, it's just moisture. <laughs> it's awful. Um, but yeah, I love Korea, so. Hooray! What can you do? Oh, yeah, um, other yeah. than the whole weather thing, I did greatly enjoy KCON. I want to try to go to the LA one next time just to see how different it is, because I know the LA one's a lot bigger. I think in terms of foot traffic, the LA one, yeah, it was pretty overwhelming for us, actually. So for our listeners who don't know, we MusicMind had a booth for all three days of the convention at KCON LA. That was um, quite an experience. You know, we got to interact with thousands of people over the course of three days, and yeah, it was very eye-opening. It was nice to kind of just see face-to-face -face some of the people who were essentially the people that we're trying to serve here, you know? I think uh, it was rare, but we had a couple of people stop by our booth who actually had already heard of us, knew what we were doing, were really excited to meet us, uh, which was really sweet. I didn't really, you know, I, did, I definitely didn't expect that. What I also find interesting is that KCON isn't really the only, um, you know, K-pop festival. What's the one um, with MBC called, Casey? Um, Korean Music Wave. Yeah. And is that only, um, do they only go to Japan or? No, they've gone to Thailand before. Okay. Um, I can't remember if they've been anywhere else. They probably have, but. These types of festivals, it just makes it so much easier and so much faster for you to kind of get your hands, so to speak, on Korean music. Yeah, for myself, I know that, like, actually for all of us, I think a lot of what we're doing with Music Mind is very behind the scenes, very, like, in front of the screen or behind the desk. Um, not to say that it isn't exciting, but it was nice to get an in-person reminder of just how hyped up and massive what we're working on really is. You know, this, this K-pop community is so vibrant, so excited, completely loses their shit at the sight of you know, any of these stars, that type of like convention behavior was actually, it was so entertaining for me, where if they thought they caught a glimpse of anyone slightly related to K-pop, <laughs> it went nuts, and like, people swarmed, it was like, oh, uh, it was just a guy with like, kind of nice hair. Like, like, <laughs> <clears throat> or like, oh, it was just a group of girls who are, are also just attending the con. Like, oh, okay. Um, or the dance workshop would start like, playing a very popular K-pop song to start 
you know, breaking down the moves of the dance, and people from all over the convention floor would just scream because they heard a song that they loved and recognized, and it was incredible. Just so much energy. And um, I like that about conventions and festivals like this. I just like seeing people get excited about things that make them really happy. And um, at least for us in the States, we don't really get to experience uh, like our favorite artists coming over here very often, if ever. So when you have a bunch of people who are in that same mindset um, all in one place and they finally get to see their favorite group, it's it's so fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, Casey and I, when we were at KCON, we weren't sitting with each other at the concert, um, but we were sitting with a lot of BTS fans, and I thought it was kind of interesting because a lot of people that I was sitting with, um, they were actually by themselves, so it was kind of, like Casey said, it was kind of cute to kind of see them talk to each other and get really, really excited. I mean, um, in that case about BTS and like talking about their favorite members and their favorite songs and things like that. So for me, it was kind of interesting to be the observer uh, just because I couldn't tell you one member from the other. So it was really interesting to see like people getting super, super excited about it. But it wasn't just, you know, I'm only here for BTS and that's it. Um, it was really interesting and, you know, we mentioned it in our recap too that it didn't matter who they were there to see I think everybody was just really excited to see everyone that was there just because it's so rare to have any K-pop artist be in the States and just to have so many of them all in one place people were really really excited even if they weren't fans of the group it sounds kind of cheesy but it's kind of a really great way to bring the bigger K-pop community together which is always really nice because, you know, the K-pop community itself, I feel like sometimes we get so caught up in the groups that we like that we kind of shut out any other group. So it was really nice to kind of see that regardless of who you're a fan of, like you're able to kind of be together in this one place and, you know, not kill each other with light sticks. That took a dark turn at the end. Um. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know, though, because I feel like a lot of American K-pop fans like <clears throat> a whole lot of groups. They might have one that they like more than the others, but it seems like American K-pop fans tend to be multi-fandom. I will agree with you on that. Um, I think... I think, And I think it's also probably because you're not in that like direct environment where... From what I understand in terms of fandom in Korea, like you kind of you like one group and like that's your only group that you're, quote, you know, quote unquote allowed to like. So um, I guess like I went in with kind of that understanding, not just because I haven't really interacted with too many K-pop fans in the U.S. It was it was just interesting to see just because like I went in with such a um, understanding that like if you like one group, like that's the only group that you're allowed to like. Um, but like Casey said, I think maybe because we're somewhat more removed from like the core of how fandoms work, um, that's why it's kind of easier to like more than one group. You do have a good point about how um, certain pockets of fans seem to be a little more liberal with their support. 
I think I've noticed that in Asia, or at least in Korea, I've seen a lot of people kind of just really focus on one group or one, even just one member at times, um, which can get pretty intense, and it's also hard to grow like a larger community off of the back of that, but I've been really impressed with the way that the U.S. fans or the international fans have, have often, you know, adopted a much more all-inclusive approach when it comes to support. I think what I found interesting about this year's, in particular, um, the KCON LA, even though I wasn't there, was that they had a lot of really new groups um, that were in the um, lineup. I think LA had twice an IOI who was literally like fresh out of, you know, whatever it is that they're doing. Rookies. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they debuted, what, like a few months ago? Twice was like in October. Of twice, last yeah, year, twice was the end of And last year. IOI was like final, like, when did that show end? Like? May? Like, yeah. April? Like, it hasn't April, been May? that long. Yeah, it's been really, like, four months. But it's, like, kind of incredible if you think about it for a group that new to have, you know, even if enough. it's not a concert, to have, like, a presence at a... Yeah, I didn't think they would have enough to perform. Because <laughs> usually yeah. you have to have, like, a, at least a, a decent amount of songs to pick from. Well, like, Twice has at least they have too many albums. Right. So it's that, but what did IOI, I guess? I thought they only had a single up until that point. Maybe I'm wrong. I thought they had, two, wrong, singles. Thought they had okay. two singles, and then maybe, like, songs from... I never watched Produce 101, so maybe, like, a song from there. I'm not actually sure <laughs> Did you go to the concert, Ian? <coughs> Sorry, you're probably, like, dying. I actually did not attend the concert. Um, whatever tickets that we did have access to, we were all part of, you know, giveaways, trying to get the fans more involved. Um, it was a little awkward to have Eric Nam stop by our booth, like, do a little bit of catching up, and he'd say, hey, you coming to the show tonight? I was like, dude, I don't have tickets. Like, <laughs> I won't be able to see you perform, but, um, yeah. It was, uh, it was nice to actually get to see the artists, like, in their element as far as interacting with the fans, for the fan engagements, uh, things along those lines. Um, yeah, Twice and IOI were incredibly popular. Just people were wilding out to see these people. It was awesome. It was really cool. Um, Twice did like a little walk-by uh, near our booth as well, and of course we lost all of our traffic for about <laughs> two, three minutes because people were just trying to catch a glimpse of their favorite member. Very cool. No. I'm not in a position to really comment on their performances. We did send a couple of our interns to the uh, concert as well. And the funniest thing is when, they're, when they work in close quarters with me, um, I think they feel like it's necessary to adopt this very cool, like, oh, yeah, we're K-pop fans, but we're not, we're not you know, we're not fangirls. But, um, yeah, when they're watching, you know, some of, the, some of the artists that they really like, they just, you know, they fangirl as hard as anyone else, so that was uh, that was funny to see as well. <laughs> they 
they, they took a lot of videos of the events, and they're just screaming. I was like, who's that screaming? And I, I know full well that it's, of course, my interns. And they're just like, shut up. Like, it's not us. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things where just the nature of our work, K-pop has been very close. Well, these K-pop people have been very close to our spheres. Um, and I got to meet a lot of them before I really understood the type of impact they had in the world of music and in the world of, you know, all of these incredibly dedicated fans. So I never really got that whole starstruck experience for, for things like K-pop. Um, yeah, maybe someday. We'll see. <laughs> so Iowa has a, has a music video out now, I think. A new song? Yeah, What a Man. I actually enjoyed that song. Um, I don't remember where I heard it, but I heard it totally independent of like podcast prep. Like, I, just, I heard the song and I was like, oh, that's a pretty cool song. I liked it. I think it's better than the debut song. Debut song. I really didn't like that song. And I like this song. It doesn't make me like want to cry internally, so. <laughs> Thanks. Good response. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I can't really say anything because I don't really actually. I never watched Produce One Hundred and One, nor do I follow them. All I know is that there's Somi, and she's from JIP, and she was supposed to be in Twice and blah blah blah. That's all I know about her. Yeah, yeah actually, well, I think I would have liked the song more if it was with an older group. Just the the concept for the song kind of made me uncomfortable. Yeah, so those like black outfits. The like faux leather, leather yeah. going on. They're like 15. I don't think that's age appropriate no. at all. And they do, there's like a dance move they do. And they, like, drop to the floor. I just don't think they should be doing that that young. And then that just keeps bringing me back to that one comment. Was it the director or producer or whatever of Produce 101? Like, some person made that comment about how it being healthy porn. Yeah. And that's yeah. all I can think about now. And, um, <laughs> oh, gosh, what is the company that, like, overall has IOI? Uh, I don't know. It's either way the the company YMC or something like that. Um uh the company said that this wasn't supposed to be a sexy concept and they didn't understand why people thought it was going to be a sexy concept. I'm like, did you look at those outfits? It was definitely an intentional thing. But Yeah, I don't understand like what needs like like what does it need to be to be like a sexy concept like to them? It's I don't know. I don't know. Nothing against the girls, though. The girls are really cute, and they seem nice. Yeah, I like them. It's nothing. Nothing's wrong with them. I no, think it's, the company. it's just the company. <laughs> I can say that standards have definitely changed over the years. I think we spoke about this in the last episode of the podcast as well, but in terms of what society sees as, like, acceptable, um, it seems like, for better or for worse, Korea has adopted a slightly more liberal interpretation of some of these things. Uh, and I totally agree. I think given that it's, it's easy to forget that, especially when, you know, especially when companies dress their artists up in this way, 
easy to forget that you know some of them are still legitimately just straight up children. Um, so from my perspective, I would call for like you know a little more responsibility on the labels part, just because sure like this might be a solid concept in terms of getting people hyped up and like oh this is such a like cool opportunity, but at the same time. I do think it would be better for labels to be a little more conscious of what they're putting out there. Yeah. In addition to IOI, we have uh, the group, the group that people have been speaking out, well, anticipating for a while coming out of YG. Um, I know that people have had mixed feelings about this as well. Uh, but let's talk about Blackpink for a little while. Weren't they te being teased for like years about this like new girl group? that YG was working on, and people, I feel like I saw a lot of people getting really hostile towards so, it, because, like, <laughs> go ahead. They started doing um, teaser videos for upcoming members, like, with Who's That Girl videos in, like, 2012, so it's been yeah. a long time hasn't coming. Been, hasn't this been, like, four years? Like yes. And yes. then, so that made everyone angry. And then apparently he came out and said he was like, originally there was going to be nine girls, and now there's only four girls. But like, there are nine girls who are like trained to. I don't understand. <laughs> I just remember back in the day they were talking about, oh, it was going to be YG's uh, version of Girls' Generation, just because there were so many girls, and, and now nine. there are four. But I think four is way more um, manageable than nine. Yeah, I'm amazed with all these companies who have like 13 members. Like, oh yeah, isn't um, Cosmic Girls 13 members now? Yeah, they're 13 members. 17 is 13 members. That's crazy. I don't have time for that. I was actually um, interested in. Well, it was surprised, but not surprised at the same time to see them doing so well in the charts. Um, I guess now they're like technically what the fastest um, like group to reach a pack. Yeah, that and like win. Did they win any music shows? They haven't won yet. They're only promoting on one music show. That's another, that's like another conversation of just like YG being like why are they only promoting on one music show? <laughs> Yeah, YG so they kind of was like, hey, here are some music videos. Okay, you guys are on your own. Like, So they only have like one music show like a week, and they don't have like any other promotion other than that. It's a very strange um, promotional tactic, but it doesn't seem to be negatively affecting their um, chart status, so yeah. it is what it is. Yeah, but, I mean, I knew that they would have, like, because, like, YG is known for, like, digital dominance, but, like, they really did it. <laughs> they, like, they killed it. So, like, congrats to them. I'll say thank you. Yeah, they were all over, they were all over iTunes as well, right? Yeah. Like, they charted fairly highly just on the regular ass iTunes chart, not, like, the global or K-pop chart. Am I imagining things? I thought that that No, happened. you're not. They did. They were, like, know. number one on the global chart, which is a huge... I don't think anyone's ever, um, like, debuting number one. I don't think that's ever happened on, like, the right. end of the global iTunes chart. And then not really sure about their U.S. 
charting position, but it's probably really good too. I didn't check. Very impressive. Are they on Spotify? I don't know. If they aren't yet, they will be just because um, I think YG is better about putting things on Spotify than some other companies. I'm kind of interested to see how they're going to do, you know, long-term on the charts. Because, like, Twice is still... They kind of just, like, moved back and forth within the top ten since um, their comeback, which is kind of incredible. It is honestly that, the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Like, I've, yeah. <laughs> they're, I like, number seven right still, now. like, top five, 50, um, which is incredible considering it was, like, October. <clears throat> I feel like um, Blackpink will be able to stay up there for quite a while just because um, YG does have a history of doing well digitally. Um, I think it was only Whistle, though, that was doing well, and Boombaya wasn't doing so well in Korea. That's interesting. Yeah, it's the opposite for um, international fans. They seem to like Boombaya more than Whistle. Boombaya was released first, so I thought, like, technically... Was it released first? I don't know. I felt like in my heart it was released for it. Maybe it's not. <laughs> I think it was just like at the same time, wasn't it? Yeah, but Boombaya has more YouTube views, which is why I thought it was. Oh, first. I just thought that was because it was more popular with um, international fans. Oh. Which is weird because I originally liked Boombaya more, and then I listened to it more, and then I hated it more. And now I like Whistle more. <laughs> Manhattan's Blackpink journey. <laughs> yeah, it really is. I might, I might, I hand over my stand. Ooh. Ooh. Whoa. Whoa, right? My whole wow, this life is like is when LeBron James announced that he was going to the Miami <laughs> Heat. <laughs> he went this home This is eventually. like when LeBron James subsequently announced that he was going back to the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, Uahage is. Should have uh, ESPN to cover this, huh? Oh, sorry. I was just gonna. I went because it was bothering me. So Ua is still like 66 on the Melon chart, which is like Ua is still. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. That's dope. So I wait, like then where is Cheer Up right now? Like seven. Cheer Up is the. Um, it's 15. Oh, wow. Because you're also yeah. battling with the fact that EXO is literally, like, you know... Oh, right. EXO has basically, like, all the top spots. Yeah. They do. They're also number two on the eye chart. They're real, real close. They were real, real close to Blackpink. That's Pink. crazy. But it's so interesting that, like, Blackpink has had this dominance, even though, like, EXO released the song. Like, they haven't taken over the number one... Like, they've only taken over the number one spot once, EXO has. But it's been Blackpink the whole entire time other than that. It's interesting. Huh. Like, the digital dominance is crazy. I mean, to a certain extent, that speaks to the demand for this, like, type of content, this type of girl group, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, as much as we say, like, YG promised a new, fresh look and not 21, um, fans still enjoy it. And still want it, or it seems that way. I think they do. I just feel bad for uh, Twenty One fans. Yeah, but at least they have CL. 
who just released like a, a song as well. Yeah, it seems like a good time to switch over. Um, very, very interesting song. We'll say that much. Um, I, apparently, this was recorded last year and was just yeah. released now. And people think it's like an Adidas commercial, like an Adidas ad or something. Is that what I was hearing? I like it's going to be used for that, or I did see comments about it being for a commercial. God, it looks so much like a commercial. Like I was watching it, I was like, "This is like, is it Adidas? Is it Sprite? Is it like, I can't. It's, it's just something like that." The way that it was shot was yeah. very commercial. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I do like the song. Like I think it's a nice chill song. Um, yeah. I don't hate it. And I hated Dr. Pepper, which I know Ian loves, so. No, oh, Dr. Pepper's just a great soda. I don't know why all this real negativity surrounding wonderful soda. I like the soda, Dr. Pepper. I don't like the song, Dr. Pepper. Yes. I mean, I suppose that's fair. But I don't know. Because I, I want CL to do really well in the U.S., I think that um, if anybody can do it, she can. But I was—I didn't like lifted. Fair enough. Um, yeah, go ahead. Is this like her official? Like, what is her official? American? This is her official debut. So every so we just act like the rest don't exist. <laughs> yeah, it never happened. <laughs> they were like um, uh, pre-release. Tracks. Two years in the making, I think. <laughs> I can't remember. I know that at least um, uh, Hello Bitches was a pre-release. I don't yeah. know about Dr. Pepper. Um, it was just a way to ease people into it, because, you know, American markets just isn't used to Asians. I suppose. I don't know, yeah, but for her actual debut, they should have um, picked a different song. But the cinematography was nice for the most part. Until it gets to the CG bit, yes. Oh my god, that's awful. It is wow. awful. So bad. <laughs> but the song, um, it it feels like they tried to put like everything that was um, popular in American music into this song just so it would have more of a chance to catch on. Which I would I understand that, but I don't know, it just feels kind of fake. Is she partnered with any labels in the U.S., or is this, like, a YG thing? I never really... Because I knew that she had a lot of... She was working with a lot of people in the U.S. I just wasn't sure if this release was done in conjunction with a U.S. label or not. I mean, she's yeah. under um, a U.S. label, but I got confused because it was... Well... No, it was posted on CL's channel, not just YG's channel. Um, either way, she... it What was it called? Schoolboy Records? I think is her American label. Yes. Is her Boy. manager still Scooter Braun? Yes. Yeah, so for U.S. activities, Scooter Braun handles, you know, all the, like, collab requests, feature requests, etc. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's the one who... Like brokered all the stuff with Mad Decent. She actually killed it at some of those Mad Decent block party performances as well. And of course, her label mate Sai is also represented by Scooter Braun in the United States. Oh, he is. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think another thing we have to talk about is that YG picked Big Bang's 10th anniversary <laughs> as a day to release the song. That was something else. I feel like this is the worst of possible timing you could have ever had. VIPs were so upset. Oh, were they? What what ended up happening? Why was that? Is because that they had a they had a one of the uh, who's next thing. You know the oh, YG, YG teasers. Oh my god. Where it's like what? really vague pre teaser teaser. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I saw that. <laughs> um, and next? everybody everybody was like, oh, this is gonna be Big Bang because it's their anniversary. We're gonna get a song, yay! And then it was like, hey, guess what? It's Seal's American debut. <laughs> Okay, and they didn't really do anything for Big Bang's anniversary, so. I see. And it wasn't wow, like, like ten years. That's right. Jesus. Yeah, and that's a really big, big milestone to hit. Yeah, that's double digits. That's like where is made territory there. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a a tiny slap in the face to Big Bang's fans. He also joined Twitter on the same day. As <laughs> the same really? day. Yeah, he did. Oh my gosh. Yikes. <laughs> Who does the marketing for them? I don't understand. I would just be constantly stressed out. I feel like he just like makes things up off the top of my head and he's like, roll with it. Like, this is what I want, do it. And then uh, we're, we're done with that. Just We're not going to put out any new music for like a next the next year. But they're still like rolling in like money that like people oh, yeah. as much as they literally hate how the company is working like any little thing they will still spend money on it which yeah I mean I get it they have a good pull on the fans I honestly don't think YG is going to change anything unless the tactics no. stop working then it's not going to stop working no so there's just no. going <coughs> to stay the same because, like, I know that even, you know, Big Bang, they were the ones, like, talking about it. They're like, we want to release this, but it's just not happening. So if their own artists that, you know, bring in the money can't even do anything, I guess, there isn't really much. Except to just wait and see. Talking about artists who finally got their solos, Jun K. <laughs> I, you know, I was tempted to, um, yeah, when we were talking about, like, appropriate outfits and stuff like that, I was tempted to use that as the segue to Junke. Like, keep your shirt off, bro. <laughs> it's highly inappropriate. No, I know that fans loved it, and honestly, he worked hard for that, so. Respect. Yeah, I was actually really surprised because, I mean, anybody who's, like, paid attention to 2PM for even, like, a brief moment knows that he was always the one who didn't really do the whole, um, like, exposing himself thing. But now it's, like, men's health cover, shirtlessness in music video. What is going on? I just well, love... incredibly cut, so... Yeah, wasn't it like a six-month thing that he started doing this? It's kind of incredible. Yeah, I think he said he started in January. Yeah. 
I just love the fact that, like, at the showcase, Juno was like, I lived with you for, like, three years, and I've never seen you with the shirt off. <laughs> and now here you are. <laughs> but besides that, the song was really good. That album was really good. I... Which one, which one was the one... I like the um I like that he always renames his remixes part two. It's very um, old school R and B kinda. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> Confessions Part Two. Exactly, yeah. Trap in the Closet, chapter fifty one. Wow, <laughs> uh, uh, look at uh look at Casey pulling out the uh the A Town reference though. <laughs> you you've truly assimilated. Oh my god. I know you love it when I associate you with Atlanta, so... I do. <laughs> oh, gosh. But I'm glad that he was able to get to do this solo before he inevitably goes into the army. I think mm. it's a nice gift for fans, too, who, like, you know, have been campaigning for him to be a to have a solo um, project. Just because I feel like he's always been the one member who's always been in the background, like, making the music. Um, you know, he wasn't really the one that's always on TV or anything like that. So for him to have this, you know, pretty big project that's, like, his own, I think is really, really great. So, and the music was really good, too. I was just really happy that this album finally got released because I've been waiting for him to have a solo album in Korea like since I became a fan. Um, and I'm actually really happy that he didn't try to go down a more mainstream route with his music. Um, his album, Mr. No Love, was purely him. And he knew that um, it's not public friendly. But... This album is more like a tool for some people to discover, hey, this is the kind of music that Junkei makes. I don't know. It's a good way to expose like his artistry rather than conforming to what will probably do better on like the melon chart or anything like that. He is quite talented. <laughs> he is, and I feel like there isn't a whole lot of kind of experimental R&B in the K-pop scene. You can find um, some really nice R&B tracks from just like straight up R&B artists in Korea, but it's rare to find this in just like strictly K-pop. Yeah, I think, you know, it's interesting because he has a pretty core group of um, people that he has on his creative team that he's worked with, because even though this is technically, I guess, his second solo release in Korea he's had two, right? It's two. This is the second one. Um, he, he only released um, a digital single before. Well, no, I meant like in Japan he's had two. Oh, in Japan albums. he's had two albums. Okay, I just wasn't sure um, if it was two or three because um, I'm a bad fan. But, <laughs> you know, he's been, he's been writing music for the past like three, four years and not only just for his Japanese solo, but also um, the past two 2 p.m. T Korean titles were his compositions. So I think it's 
you know, it's really nice that he's kind of been able to build this solid team of people that he works with that he can experiment with. Um, so I'm really, really happy for him. It's interesting, I feel like, 2PM now that they've gotten into, like, the whole composing and producing thing. They've got a pretty, like, solid group that they kind of always work with in all their music, which is nice because then, you know, you don't need to relearn each other's styles or they're able to branch out and experiment and explore more of what they, what kind of music they want to make. So that's exciting. We've had a lot of fun things to talk about today, uh, but unfortunately that is all the time we have for this episode. Once again, Casey, Manhattan Employee, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts uh, and opinions. They're always appreciated. That's not sarcasm, by the way. <laughs> oh, I thought it was. I, felt, I, feel, I, the was need to, I feel the need to qualify that because we keep talking about things and you guys feel bad about you know, voicing your honest opinion, but that's what, you know, that's what um, our listeners want to hear. I was going to say that's what the fans want to hear, but that may not be the case. But our listeners, you know, all like 12 of them or something, really want to hear our opinions. So, hi, Mom. Thanks, listeners. <laughs> hi, Ian's Mom. Hi, Ian's Mom. Hi, Ian's Mom. <laughs> that's great. Um, yeah, thank you guys so much, and uh, we will return in two weeks' time with another theme. If you guys have any ideas, and by you guys I mean our listeners, please shoot us a tweet or an email. Just let us know what you want to hear us talk about, and we'll do our best. Bye. Yeah, I think that's it. Yay. Bye, everyone. Bye.